We got a win. Patriots win 17-14 at Pittsburgh. Uh, we're back at it. Coming coming home to Foxborough for the home opener against the Baltimore Ravens. Let's roll. <laughs> Welcome to Pat Stands Inc., part of the EMQ locker room. You're here with Brendan and Connor, and man, we're feeling a little bit better this week than we were last week. Patriots coming off a 17-14 victory in Pittsburgh. I don't care who's under center, that is always a good feeling. Uh, we saw some things we really, really liked, some things we definitely built on, and we still see some things that uh, improvements required. Brendan, how are you feeling after that W? Uh, yeah, I'm going to start off positive. I feel real excited about it. The offensive line was incredible. Uh, the defense played fantastic. Um, we got to win at Pittsburgh. That's always a good thing. Yeah, man, we're starting to see some guys finally start to break out. Uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into that pretty soon, but we got to like what we're seeing out of our receiving core as of late, specifically at the top, which is somehow Nelson Aguilar. Did not see that coming, but we got to talk a little bit about him right now. You mentioned the O-line. Uh, you dig even deeper into PFF uh, grading and how well they did against that pretty staunch defensive line in Pittsburgh. They absolute studs. Cole Strange is making every single pundit on ESPN look like an idiot right now for questioning that pick. Cole Strange is on his way to a Pro Bowl season if he plays like that week in, week out. He was awesome. Uh, Mike Wenu has been maybe one of the best players on the team. He's, he's absolutely dominant right now. The offensive line was great. No sacks. Uh, only, I think, Matt got hit three times in the whole game. Mm -hmm. um, just fantastic. I mean, after week one, uh, some of the adjustments were clearly made, especially, I mean, Pittsburgh's not not too shabby. Uh, and I loved seeing Nelson Aguilar make a big play. I'm pretty excited now uh, after being very nervous after week one. Yeah, it's always good to see Nelson Aguilar finally start to, you know, work into that nice contract we gave him. Uh, we'll get into the Bourne stuff later. Still not seeing much of Kendrick Bourne. Uh, we saw a little bit of little Jordan Humphrey in the passing game. I think he had one reception, but uh, – He also was wide open on a couple of plays. He also was very involved blocking. Very involved. He made a lot of good blocks. He was out there a ton. He's a big dude. I thought when he came over, he might take over that uh, that Nikhil Harry role. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Nikhil Harry had a very minuscule yet important role when he was here. Yes, it's he, fine role for your fifth receiver, not for your number one. <laughs> it's a great role for Lil Jordan Humphrey, exactly. And I mean, meanwhile, Devontae Parker's filling in his receiving oh, role. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes two guys to fill that, I guess. But Lil Jordan Humphrey, 6'4", 225, and he plays every bit of it, man. It's nice to see. But we're not expecting him to go out and play like a first-round pick because he doesn't have to. Unfortunately, if Devontae Parker keeps throwing up these donuts, uh, maybe he will have to. Uh, hey, there's nothing like wearing number one and doing nothing uh, in the Patriots' offense. Yeah, he wears that's, number – his number was higher than the amount of receptions he had. Yeah, same number as Nikhil Harry. It's a beautiful beautiful role to step into. It's unbelievable. Um, all right, other – the headlines before we go deep into the game. Uh, Patriots made a little trade yesterday. Um, <laughs> What do you think about, about losing a little tackle depth? Does it mean they have a lot of faith in having Marcus Cannon back? 
I guess uh, we talked. We were, you know, we were talking about it. They had to make a a, a spot for uh, a Kuale, I believe is how you say his name. Yeah, help me out with that one. Is that a Kuale? That's, sure. Yeah, sure. I've only read it anyway. D tackle. He was on the suspended list. Uh, he was ready to come off. We had to clear a space if we wanted to keep him on the roster. Uh, our D tackle depth just gets better. It's unbelievable. It's the strength. There's some the injuries there right now, though. Yeah, it's one of the strengths of this team, and you know we can afford injuries there. You never want to see that, but right now it's looking like we we can we can just put anybody on the roster in there. They're going to be real successful. Uh, I don't know. Uh, one of our other EMQ guys said, uh, "Hey, man, the, what's up with trading offensive line? You guys have been talking about how thin the depth is at at, at O line all year." And I, I agree. I'm not saying I disagree with the trade because, like you said, Heron, he's a fringe guy. He's fine if he's playing meaningful snaps, and we're in trouble anyway. So maybe we see something in Cody Russi coming up, the rookie. Maybe we see something in, in not a rookie, Marcus Cannon, who we just signed last week. I, I honestly do think it means they have faith in him to add that last piece of depth. Um, I also think it just shows how good Isaiah Wynn has actually played so far. Um, so, you know, he was a big concern coming out of camp. Isaiah Wynn's been fantastic. Um, I think they like Kajust. Um, there's there's enough there at tackle now. Um more so than it looked like we had where there were a lot of question marks in the middle of camp and even just a week ago. Yeah, but it always comes down to health, man. We know these guys struggle to stay healthy. Uh, you know, Trent Brown on the left side, he's, he played his butt off on Sunday. Uh, he's getting old. He, he's never stayed healthy. Isaiah Wynn is a walking uh, questionable sign on him. Uh, a couple of changes they did make, though, was uh, assistant offensive line coach Billy Yates, the former Patriot offensive lineman himself. They moved him from the booth down to the sideline. Uh, and it looked like Bill Belichick was also playing a little bit more of a role with the line this week. A uh, lot of lot of shots of him uh, working uh, directly with the O-line during the game, which he has not done a ton in the past. Uh, it makes me think that maybe he's taking a little more hands-on approach uh, in practice and working with them throughout the week and then obviously talking with them directly during the game. Uh we talked about how is Matt Patricia going to be calling plays and being the old line coach. I think Bill Jeff Belichick actually might have taken on a lot of that role himself, and the guy's got the golden touch, man. It shows. Yeah, it's a thing that we both talked a ton about, especially last week, but we talked a ton about it all summer, um, that it's just a lot to ask a guy to coach the offensive line and call the plays. It's one thing to do during the week. Uh, it's another thing to do during the game because the offensive line has to make so many adjustments in-game. Uh, and the offensive coordinator's got to be calling plays and talking to the quarterback. Um, so it's hard for him to wear both those hats. I think another sign of it, though, is is Belichick um, trusting the defense right now to where he can turn his back to the field with the defense on the field and and go work uh, in the offensive huddle, talk to the offensive line. Um, not a thing you usually see him doing. Usually he is heavily involved in the defense and and trusting the offense to do their thing. Looks like he's doing a little more of the opposite. Um, obviously, he's got a lot of faith in Mayo and Steve. Um, but also, it might be in part because he had a lot of faith in our ability to stop the Steelers' offense. So, And and the issues we had communicating in the offensive line in week one. Yeah, yeah. We talked about how uh, this, this this scheme is going to take a while to come together, but it's looking like it's coming together pretty nice right now. Um, hopefully, it'll click by the time we get to uh, Baltimore this weekend, who doesn't necessarily have the best pass rush in the league. They even made a move today to bolster it. We'll get to that in a minute. Before we move on to the defense, though, uh, some other things uh, that really stood out to me this week. We talked about Nelson Aguilar. 
Still not seeing a ton of Kendrick Bourne. He ended up with two receptions for 16 yards on three targets. Uh, just not seeing the time yet that we're accustomed to. Jacoby Myers does what he always does. Nine for 95, carries a team, clutch moments. He did, The guy just is somehow still an unsung hero for our offense. It's absolutely ridiculous what uh, Jacoby Myers is doing for us. Yeah, that so that makes me think of two things. One, let's talk – there's injury report. Um, I'll throw that up there. Jacoby Myers has been out of practice yesterday and today, so there's a fair chance that he doesn't play on Sunday, which could actually really open up that opportunity for Kendrick Bourne. Um, Bourne, uh, to me, I don't know if it stood out to you, but it has stood out to me. Every time that man gets on the field, Mac Jones throws the ball at him. Um, I think Mac wants him out there. Uh, even He even had one big catch that got called back on an offensive holding penalty on Sunday. Um, but Bourne looked good. He has looked good every time he's been on the field. Um, I think this might be the week that they get him back out there a lot more, um, especially if Myers is limited. Uh, Duggar has also missed a ton of practice. Um, and then Jalen Mills got added to the injury report today, limited with a hamstring. Um, the good thing with the Duggar injury is like, we are so deep there. Peppers looked incredible when he came in the game. Um, but at, I mean, but, at, but at the same time, Kyle Ducker has been, in my opinion, the best player on the field on either side of the ball for us this year. I think right now he is our MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly the best tackler. Um, he's all over the field. He just causes so many problems because he's so explosive, quick to the ball, all over the place. You have to account for him at all times. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, but it is nice to see a guy like Jabril Peppers, who you know has so much talent, Um show up so big uh, when he came in for Duggar in the second half of that game, came up and made a bunch of big tackles. Um, here's a quick Peppers highlight I put on here. Opportunity out in the open field. Trubisky, deep drop. Uncorks it. Blown up. Jalen Warren just got stamped by Jabril Peppers. I mean, that is exciting mm. to see. I, I love seeing that. That looked a lot like Kyle Duggar out there, a lot like Adrian Phillips. Um just the way our safeties play is those three guys, it's crazy. They're just so versatile, man. You can come drop them in the box. You're not missing a beat, man. They can tackle. They can move. They're great. You know, the one the one small liability we might have is that, like that Jalen Waddle play from two weeks ago. You know, you get exposed a little bit, and if your middle linebacker doesn't do his job and they uh, they can get through that middle there, they're going to get it. They're going to get a little bit exposed by a top flight wide receiver like a Jalen Waddle. Having said that, man, what, what what the way we scheme around these guys, we're just we do such a great job at shutting other teams' top threat down. They're just doing everything we need them to do right now. And it wasn't really anything crazy. We were in the nickel quite a bit last game. Uh, we didn't throw that much at, at Mitch Trubisky. It wasn't a lot of crazy stuff going on. That guy just boy howdy. He, he, they need to get Kenny Pickett ready to go and ready quick. Uh, Trubisky, yeah. noodle arm. It was it was stunning how unwilling Pittsburgh was to take any chances in that game offensively. They just seemed never to really take a risk to try and take the top off the defense or anything like that. And you could see the Patriots get more and more comfortable with the way they were playing. Um, one player that has stood out to me, stood out to me week one, he got the more time we've been asking for. Mac Wilson oh. makes the biggest play of the game on defense. First down, Pittsburgh. Trubisky, play fag. The tip ball, it's intercepted by Mills. Trubisky is picked, and the Patriots take over. 
And I'm not sure how Mitchell Trubisky did not see Mac Wilson, number 30, in his passing lane. Never saw him and tried to. I mean, that that play by Mac Wilson is incredible. When you see it on that from behind angle, the athleticism, the recognition, I mean, all of it. Just awesome. I love having that guy on the field. Well, it's been about two years since we had any semblance <laughs> of speed at the second level. And if you, uh, I don't know if that clip showed it, but at the beginning of that play, they actually ran play action uh, to Harris. Dude didn't even flinch. Mac Wilson couldn't have read it better. He immediately was right where he needed to be for the tip drill. He didn't even take that half step up. That guy was reading the play like a book. So not only did he make an amazing play, but he made an amazing read right off the bat. It's just the kind of things you want to see from your linebackers. Yeah, uh, man, I really like the way he plays. We talked about the safeties. The defensive front did a great job again. The guy who stood out to me on the front finally really actually like stood out on film was was Barmore. Barmore was dominating up the middle. Um, I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh's offensive line kind of kind of is soft. Uh, but man, did they just hold Najee Harris to nothing? Yeah, it seems like that's kind of been the trend lately. Uh, quick shout out to EMQ Bets. I got the under tonight for Najee Harris. I don't think he's going to get to that 56 and a half mark, 57. Uh, but the, our edge rushers look great too. Wise has had a great little year. Judon doing everything, man. I don't know if we got a clip teed up. Dropping back into coverage. Oh, dropping back. That's what I was going to say. Dropping back into coverage and making a great play. Uh, we're just we're just excelling on really almost every single position on the defensive end. Uh, we, I don't have one single complaint with the defense. Do you? Um. I, well, if we're going to complain about the defense, let me, I think the Miami performance now looks even better, having seen what yeah. Miami did in the second half last week. You see sure how explosive they are. Um, the fact we kept everything in front of us with that team is really impressive. Now, uh, my only complaints with the defense would be a little bit of the corner play. Um, but when you look at the way Pittsburgh played and you go back and watch it, you realize the corners were giving them a little in front of them because they realized Pittsburgh just was not going to challenge them over the top. So they were just keeping it a little bit safe. I thought Jalen Mills had an okay game. I didn't think he was great. Um, Miles Bryant, I'm watching it back. He played better than I thought. Um, I just think Miles Bryant is often overmatched by these bigger, quicker receivers, um, I would rather see Marcus Jones and Jack Jones getting more time out there. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, do you have any other negative thoughts about the way the defense played? Yeah, I thought the corners did exactly what, what I think it was just a game plan for that. That Ben Badon, classic Ben Badon break, uh, nothing over the top, you know, small chunk yards, you know, converge on the ball. Just basically the same thing we've been playing for the last 15 years, really. Uh, I was pretty happy with it. Uh, one thing, though, is uh, it was hard to see Terrence Mitchell get claimed by the Titans off our practice squad. He was a real nice depth beat down there, and uh, it's unfortunate that we lost him to the Titans. But I'm not surprised that guy. That guy should be playing somewhere on the national. It's roster. another another sign of how much faith we have in these rookies that they're mm -hmm. going to make a real impact because we're willing to have them be the guys who have to step up in case of injury, who are probably going to play a lot more as the season goes on. Terrence Mitchell, we were talking four or five weeks ago yeah. about him being a starter on this defense, um, and now he's gone. And you know the Titans, they could use some help. Uh, so good for him. I'm sure he's going to actually find some playing time there. Uh, let's go back to the offense. Now. We kind of we feel good about defense. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the defense going into Baltimore. But the offense this week, um, everyone's concern was the offensive line, rightfully so, in week one. The offensive line was freaking awesome, dude. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They just they 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 absolutely dominated in the trenches. 
Uh, we could, we did whatever we wanted. We could run the ball. I think uh, what was it? Uh, Harris was averaging four and a half, four point seven yards a rush. Stevenson five point two yards a rush. Uh, we we moved the ball any any way we wanted. Mac Jones didn't get touched the entire game. It felt like man, he had all day. And when you give Mac Jones time, he's an efficient quarterback. Like he is not an inaccurate quarterback. You give him time, he's going to find players and he's going to find the open guys and deliver, you know, he's not going to bomb at 80 yards, but he's going to deliver some strong, accurate throws. And that's what we saw out of him on Sunday. Let me show you, this is going to be a great example of that. Uh, my favorite play on rewatching the game, my favorite play of the game for almost everything you just talked about and that we were worried about last week. Uh, one of our number one concerns last week was the communication on blitzes between the tackles and the guards and picking up the wrong guys, um, letting a guy come free. We're going to watch this play twice. First time, let's watch the tackles and guards and how they pick up this blitz stunt and how perfect it is. Watch both sides. Guard tackle communication on this blitz stunt is so good. Mm. Mm. On both sides of the ball, both Cole Strange mm -hmm. um, and Trent Brown have perfect communication. Um Cole Strange, uh, that's a hell of a pickup right there. And Onwenu, Onwenu does an unbelievable job on it. Uh, watch 71 on the right side. He's ready, Onwenu too. He's incredible. ready. Boom. Beautiful, beautiful job. And then we'll watch it one more time, the part you just stressed. Watch how comfortable Mac Jones is here, his ability to stay in the pocket and then step in and deliver a throw on a play that we were begging for last week, the crossing route to Jacoby <laughs> Myers. Watch Mac Jones' comfort level. His arm strength when he steps into a throw like this, how perfect this play looks. I mean, that is what we've been looking for from the Patriots, and that makes me feel a lot better about some of the stuff we were concerned about week one. Can you show that play one more time? Yeah, game. I want everyone to watch left guard Cole Strange. Left <laughs> guard, our right, max left. Look at that pickup. Get out of here. Nothing it's beautiful. Stops him in his tracks. He doesn't even get pushed back. He comes off his block slides over and he doesn't even lose a step that is playing with good technique right there bad technique you get driven back good technique you are able to stop that dude in his tracks because cole strange plays with good technique he's a big strong dude that is just anyone arguing that first round pick right now should be taken out to pass oh it just looks like a fantastic stud. pick now the way he played let me stud. give you one more cole strange clip to show you oh, what kind of guy this is what kind of guy we got here watch cole strange 69, 69 strange watch th watch this Never stop all the way. Keeps going. Cole Strange battling it out all the way to the whistle. He, he gets tossed yards. after the whistle, but couldn't get rid of him until afterward. I mean, I love this guy. Oh, when you're when the opponent's looking down at you seven yards down the field, you did your job. My God, it's so nice to see that kind of tenacity out of the young guy, man. Oh, dude, he, we're gonna anchor this old line is gonna be anchored around him a little bit. I can tell for years to come. He is absolutely playing out of his mind. Man, the way both these guards are playing is is fantastic. And like I said, we were winning battles. Now we're seeing us winning. We're communicating properly. The guards and tackle exchanges, etc. Um, like both those we saw in both those split stunts. Um, if they're communicating like that and able to pick up those blitzes, I mean, this offensive line can can really dominate. And we saw that they did. And then that gives us opportunities for plays that we've needed someone to make like this one. 30 seconds to go. Jones, step, dials up, deep ball. Oh, what a catch! Nelson Aguilar, spectacular! Touchdown, New England! Hey, remember when that same ball was an interception against Miami? 
Uh, yeah, it it also was a little underthrown too, just like it. But Aguilar went up and got it. No, that's what I'm saying. It. it was a very similar throw. Look at Aguilar. Look at, give me that. Look ball. at that. Aguilar just snagging it, Moss style. Mossed him. He he earned that little jump into the end zone. Look at this. Give me that ball. That's mine. I mean, that's the kind of play we've needed guys making. We heard such good things about Aguilar this summer that we kind of were a little hesitant to believe because of the way he looked last year. But if he's going to make plays like that, that's what we need. I mean, him and Jacoby Myers right now, they're playing up to their potential, and it's great to see. If we can get Kendrick Bourne more involved in this offense, I think we're going to have a legitimate threat in the passing game. We know we can run the ball. Uh, Harris and Stevenson combined average was just about five yards a rush last game. If we can start getting those jump balls, if we can start getting those heavy hitters, deep threats even down the line, we're going to be, a, dare I say, a potent or high-octane offense. We're never a high-octane offense, but this is as close as we can potentially get if these guys continue to trend upwards. I mean, with the style this team wants to play, I mean, we remember, we've lived through this Patriots team for long. Remember back in like the 01 through 03 period when everyone would talk about the Patriots and it was like, well, every game they play is close in a battle. We, we win every game like 16 to 10. <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of way you got to play now. Um and that's the kind of way they're going to play. Uh, but it creates for a, a tough-nosed team. Um, and, you know, they're they're learning clearly on the job a bit here and getting better. I do really want to see more play action, more motion pre-snap. Mm -hmm. um, Patriots are dead last in the league in pre-snap motion, dead last in the league in uh, play action plays. It's which... so funny because uh, coming into the year, they everybody said that we were looking at running more of a Sean McVay Shanahan style with a ton of pre-snap uh, motion, jet sweep type stuff, you know, using the wide receivers in the backfield a little bit more. Uh, no, we haven't seen any of that. No, I, I think part of it is um, a comfort level, um, both with the play caller and the quarterback in getting used to each other and whatnot. And and I don't know, I do, we definitely need to see a little more. I, I really want to see more play action. Uh, even Mac Jones talked this mm -hmm. week about more RPOs. He He likes to run those. He ran a ton of those at Alabama. Um, but Mac was one of the best quarterbacks in the league off play action last year. Our running game is so strong. I'd like to see more play action. Um, but we won the game. Uh, what, what else is there offense to think about? Did anything else stick out to you? Well, I was going to say, now, now I do have some complaints. Uh, defensively, I didn't get too much. As we transition into the complaints, I do want to talk about what kind of hard-hitting uh, – uh, viewers we have, the impact our viewers have, and how in-depth they think about. Uh, I just want to point that out, that our, our, our viewers <laughs> Bill Belichick never wears a hat. He likes to wear a visor, though. He, he wears a visor sometimes, but That's thank true. you. That's the kind of stuff that not every fan will see in these games. You know, He's digging deep over here. That's Belichick. attention to detail. <laughs> That's a Patriot way. Let's get that off the screen. All right, let's talk about it again. I'm a broken record. Devontae Parker. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. Six targets, zero catches for zero yards. And half the salary cap. And that was, yep, exactly. Hunter Henry, second on our team in salary cap. I think Jonu Smith is fifth. Parker, sixth or seventh. It's, you can't hit a panic button after a win, but is it time to figure something else out? Uh, given we did play more three wide receiver sets this week uh, than we have in a while. But we did play the two and two a little bit as as well. Well, and a lot of the three was little Jordan Humphrey kind of playing a hybrid role. Mm -hmm. I mean, at what point can we call call it what it is? These guys aren't producing what we expect them to produce. I mean, sure, you can block all you know 
everybody, but Nikhil Harry would block. It doesn't mean he was that productive for us. You know, little Jordan Humphrey came in and does, is doing a better job than that. Uh, what, what's what's the deal here? What's going on, man? These guys were brought in to be a potent combo. Um, I I think it's hard to only blame the player. I think there's there's a scheme aspect to it on finding ways to uh, get guys open, to scheme guys open. Um, particularly Jonu Smith, who I thought we were going to use a little better this year, who it looked like we had glimpses of that against Miami, and I, I hope that we get more of that. Hunter Henry has been nothing. Um, his blocking hasn't even been good. Nope. Um, I, I have genuinely watching the film of that game. I like Lil Jordan Humphrey better than Hunter Henry on the field. That's what happened last year. Nikhil Harry took over that role. And and speaking of Devontae Parker has been less than useless. Um, he's been a, a nothing. I mean, well, he's no, no, no. He's, he's been negative. Yeah, he's, negative. He's seen um, more interceptions. He's the guy who all he's out, out there for is to – be a jump ball target who, you know, when they say he's, oh, he's the king of the 50-50 ball, but that tells you he's not open. Get open. Yeah. He's not getting open. Yeah. And he's not getting the 50-50 ball. He's putting very little effort into it. And Max throws to him haven't been very good. Um, yeah. Well, that was Nikhil Harry's scouting profile out of state, Arizona State, when he came out like, this guy's going to win every 50-50 ball. And then a bunch of people are like, the well, NFL. Why, yeah, why, why, one, he's playing Pac-12 ball, probably. Yeah, he's big. Two, why is every ball a jump ball? <laughs> And and three, I want our offense to be efficient, not throwing up 50-50s. You yeah, know? we saw what happened against Miami when that happened. Luckily, Aguilar bailed us out last week. But we don't need to. We're the type of team that grinds it out in the run game. We don't need to be hucking up 50-50 balls. We shouldn't have third and longs very often. We do, but we shouldn't. He's not he, – Devontae Parker is not – he's not Calvin Johnson. You know, it's like no. – and, <laughs> and so far, I'll give him a little more time. Let's not throw him out yet. But – so far, he's contributed almost nothing, and I would way rather have Kendrick Bourne on the field because he opens the offense up so much more than just a guy who's out there to randomly chuck one up at every once in a while. I mean, I think we found today, if we're going to chuck it up, chuck it up to Aguilar, I guess. But I'd like to – Mac Jones isn't the kind of guy that's going to chuck it around. You know, he's not a Brett Favre type guy. He's a, he's a very, very uh, focused type passer. He shouldn't be Except making that throws. one throw, but Jesus, yeah. You we, know, we won't talk about that one. Well, he got real bailed at him, but he does need to. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's, like he's not a gunslinger. He's not the yeah. kind of guy that can roll around, you know, and then all of a sudden whip a 30 yard ball downfield, you know, into a tight window. He's just not. He doesn't have the arm strength for that. He's just, and that's okay. We don't expect him to be that. We expect him to be a very prototypical pocket passer, three step, five step drop, you know, read your routes, be a quarterback. He's not going to run around like that new age quarterbacks can, you know, your Kyler Murray's, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> He is certainly not that. The only th the, my only complaints about him so far in the season are he's had a couple moments where he has panicked and made a bad decision, mm -hmm. and he he got away with it against Pittsburgh um, because they dropped it. Um, and, and then there's been moments where he's not stepping into his throws, but he looked a lot better and a lot more comfortable as the game went on against the Steelers. I think a big part of that is how great the offensive line played. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you entirely on what the negatives are. It's it's those kind of key three guys being nothing burgers for the team. I mean, it's not um, hard to find. I mean, geez, they, they, they're just at the bottom of the statue. And, and I get the game is more than just stats, like you said, schemes. But at, at the same time, Jesus Christ, scheme all you want. We should get some production from our tight ends. Well, and I don't see them helping get other people open. I don't see them. Uh, Jonu Smith has blocked pretty well. Uh, so I'll give him that. Hunter Henry has not. Devontae Parker's done nothing. I mean, he's just a guy who goes out there and just gets locked up by a corner and that's it. Um, hopefully that's going to improve. Who knows? Uh, I'm not I'm not uh, very optimistic so far about him. Um, but 
for the rest for the rest of it, I mean, we want a football game coming off a week where we look real bad uh, against a team that had won in their home opener in Pittsburgh, which is a tough place to play. Uh, so I'm not going to fret too much about it. Um, uh, real real quick, props out to Brendan Schuler, man, making making the coaching staff look damn good. I almost left that one out. Yeah, the the <laughs> him coming down, Gunner, unblocked, unblocked. They didn't block him. They no, didn't have they, anyone they in front of him. Ten guys on the field. Oh, is that why? Is that what happened? We had 10 guys in the field, so no one lined up on him. But he went out there and did his job. Gunner, uh, who we planted in Pittsburgh, dropped us the ball there. Um, (laughs) Gunner was actually going to free fair catch that too, which he just doesn't do. Maybe he screwed up because he was doing a fair catch, which is not his thing. I mean, Schuler got a free release and made an unbelievable play. That ball barely touched the ground. He was on it, man. That's what you like to see out of those scrummy dudes. Before we move on to Baltimore, I'm going to let Mac Jones summarize – the Pittsburgh game. I think I think he actually put it really well. It was an honest take um, about how the game went right afterward. This game had a feel of a grind from the start. What was required to get this win? Uh, just a great team win. I think it took every phase of the game and offensive line played really, really, really good. So hats off to those guys. Defense played really good. We made plays. Obviously, we want some back, but that's football, and we did a good job competing. What are you most pleased with, with the way you guys played in this game? Just finish. We, we were close. You know, preseason in the first game, but we got to finish. You know, we were right there, and I think we just got to stack more games like this and continue to grow. You mentioned your offensive line. No sacks allowed in this game. What did they do so well? Uh, They just do what they do. They're great players, and they have my back no matter what, and I love those guys. So we're going to continue to grow. It's one game, but we're going to get better and better as we go. Hmm. That's pretty much my summary as well. It's like this is a team that's got to grind. The offensive line played fantastic. The defense played fantastic. And – we build on it. Uh, you know who he sounded like in that post-game interview there? Who'd he sound like, Connor? He sounded a little bit like old TB12, a little <laughs> bit like old Tom Brady there, man. He's you got his fire. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that fire in him. He does. It's, it's nice to see. Um, so looking forward to this week's game, another 1 o'clock game against Baltimore. We're coming home. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it feels rare that we start two straight on the road. Um but now we got the Ravens at home. The Ravens coming off of a, a game where they looked like the greatest team in football and then yeah. and then got shredded by Miami in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. Uh, Lamar looked unstoppable, though. Um, I don't know what to think of Baltimore. Their corners looked horrific in the second half of that game. But their offense really looks good. Let's talk about the defense really quick. Uh, it's not quite there right now. Uh, in fact, they, they know it. They made a uh... – one would say potentially desperation move today, signing 33-year-old Jason Pierre-Paul uh, to bolster their pass rush. Uh, they clearly don't like what they're seeing out of their D-line so far. Uh, and then that secondary hasn't been very good. Uh, now, Marcus Peters is questionable this week to play. That's arguably their top guy, and we all have opinions on him. I know you do. Uh, their defense hasn't been that, you know, when you think Baltimore, you think that prototypical, you know, hard-nosed, strong defense, you know, predicated on forcing turnovers. They just haven't been that this year. They've actually reverted to, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs style, you know, lean on their quarterback, hope that he makes a play when things break down, and more often than not, he does. He is, um, you know, I I know there's like a weird contingent of doubters of Lamar Jackson out there. I have no idea how they still exist. He is unbelievable. Um and he really can throw the ball. I mean, his throwing numbers have been consistently really good now for a few years going. It's getting a little silly to doubt him. Um, he's also just absurdly fast, and it, it scares me a little because 
The Patriots do have a history of struggling a bit with the mobile quarterbacks. Um, yep. Lamar, though, this week was seen wearing a uh, protective sleeve on his throwing arm um, and was supposedly limited in practice on Wednesday. Um, but Harbaugh said it is uh, the, uh, the weathering of an NFL season or something like that. I mean, it's week two, dude, or week three. What? So yeah. what? is there there might be a little concern there? I mean, he's going to play. He's going to be fine. But. So not much has changed from last year. He's their whole offense. Um, you know, they got Mark Andrews, who's obviously one of the best tight ends in the league. But right now their leading rusher is obviously Lamar Jackson. But their leading rusher outside of Jackson is Kenyon Drake. 17 carries for 39 yards on the year. He's averaging about 2.3 yards per carry. They can't run the – well, it's such a weird thing for them. They can, they run, can the run the ball. They can run, run the hell out of the ball. They run the ball. But Plus, J.K. Dobbins might be back. He might be back. He's questionable right now. Today's injury report, he's questionable. We'll, uh, it was actually yesterday. So Even if he plays, report. I think they're phasing him in slowly. they got to be careful with him. E- either way, I don't expect much from the run game. I really don't. I don't think it's a huge difference when that comes down to it. Uh, they're not going to be. They're not going to run the ball between the tackles on us very well. That's that's our strength right there. Is our you know our D line. We know that. Uh, and the leading receiver right now is Rashad Bateman. It's just like dude, nothing on this offense strikes fear in your in your belly except the dude that has the ball in his hands every single snap, Lamar Jackson. And like you said, we have had a history of getting gashed by these types of dudes. Yeah, and it the tough thing with him is you can contain him all day, and you screw up once and he's gone. You know, sound I mean, sound like another game. A, sound like a, another game he played this year. Yeah, I mean he had a seventy-five yard run last week. Um, he hit two huge huge throws. He hit a bunch on the Jets. Um, you you one play scared. one play against that high octane Miami uh, offense, and Jalen Waddle goes for seven. We oh held yeah, him oh, all yeah. day exactly, and that's what um, scares me. Which that that is scary. The other thing with them is they they do like Miami. Uh, they're nowhere near as good, but but um, Bateman and Duvernay are both very explosive receivers. Um, who who can hit you with one big play? Um, they're not great reception receivers. Mark Andrews is the guy to, that's going to mm-hmm. wear you out. Um, but I do like the way the Patriots defense matches up with a team like this. Um, we have so much speed uh, that we can put onto the field. Um, the key really <laughs> is just keeping Lamar in between the tackles um, and not letting the play break down. Uh, you let the play break down. You let Lamar escape. You over-pursue, and then you're in real big trouble. Um, but I do think that traditionally Belichick has played Lamar okay. Um, I mean, we beat him with Cam Newton the one time. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year we had a lot of trouble, but it was um, it was more our offense having a lot of trouble. Um, but The more I look at this game, you know, originally I was like, man, I don't want to pick against the Patriots, but I just felt something, you know, I, I just thought Miami matched up well. And man, the more I'm digging into this game, the more and more I'm loving the Patriots. I think our defense matches up really, really well this year against it. We have way more speed on the field than we did last year. Last year's defense was slow as molasses. Uh, you know, you know, Bill Belichick, he's not going to go out there and throw a spy on him every single play. He's going to, you know, create a game plan that's, you know, schemes to keep him inside the tackles, confuse him. A spy isn't fast enough to keep up with him. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Remember back in Madden, like 07, you're like, I'm going to put a spy on you. Yeah. And if they did, you're like, stop, I'm trying to run. With him. Yeah. That's just the guy running behind him as he runs in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, uh, but one thing I really, I think an X factor this week is going to be, you know, the DNs containing him inside the pocket. And then Mac Wilson, I think Mac Wilson's going to get a lot of reps because he's kind of guy that can, 
uh, read and react to Lamar's uh, strong suits, but also he, he's pretty, as we saw last week, pretty goddamn good in coverage. Uh, we're definitely going to drop some safeties into the box this week. And again, the more speed we have in the box, the better we're going to do against Lamar Jackson. I think our defense actually stacks up really, really nice against these guys. And you, you know what it reminds me of weirdly, and this, it's not going to be, it's not going to sound good coming off of it. But remember a couple of years ago when we played the chargers in the playoffs and they went with five, say uh, five secondary players, all yeah, four yes. backs and safeties and only two yes. linebackers. And it was just an absolute joke. Yeah. I feel like we're doing that, but the right way, not the video game. Like, Oh, put an extra secondary guy in there. We actually have the personnel that can play both, you know, in the passing game deep, but also step up into the box, contain the run, keep them funneled inside. I think we're set up and, and primed a lot more to, to to take care of these types of quarterbacks. And I think that was one of the priorities in the offseason when we built this defense. I, I totally agree with you. I think this is a huge game for Adrian Phillips. Um, if Duggar is out, then it's also a huge game for Jabril Peppers. Yeah. Um, but those are the kind of guys, and like you said, Mac Wilson is going to be key. Uh, just being able to tackle, make those big tackles at the line of scrimmage, uh, because if you miss one, you're in big trouble. But I, I like the way our secondary matches up against them a lot. Um, and like you said, they don't run the ball well. So. I don't see them running the ball between the tackles at all, unless it's Lamar Jackson, you know, squirting out of a pocket. But they're not going to be turning around and hand this ball up. I think they're going to probably hand the ball up, what, eight to ten times tops in this game? There's no reason to. Yeah. And then on the flip side, their defense is not impressive. Um, and I think both we can run the ball on them, and I think our receivers are going to have some good opportunities because they had horrible communication last week. Um, Marcus Peters is terrible. I, I've I've always said that. Yeah. He's really bad. I mean, he makes so many mental mistakes. Um, I think this is the kind of game that guys Aguilar and Bourne can rip up, um, find a couple weaknesses in the defense and, and make some big plays. Can Bourne play? Is he going to play? I, I think he's going to. I think this is a game we're going to see Bourne break out. Uh, if, Jacoby, um, if Jacoby is out, do you think we elevate anybody else to the pri- to the uh, active roster? I don't even know if we, who we have. I, I guess I we have without him. <laughs> I doubt it. I think if Jacoby's out, Bourne's a starter. That's what I think, but, okay. but we'll see. I, I think we're going to see a lot more little Jordan Humphrey again. I think they like him being able to kind of make it kind of a mixed package where you, he's sort of a tight end uh, wide receiver hybrid um, so they can run all their stuff. If we happen to – this is just for fun right here. If we did happen to elevate a receiver, I think we got two on the practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. and Let me double-check that. But would you rather elevate Lynn Bowden or Laquan Treadwell? Uh, Lynn Bowden, I think, because he's more dynamic. I think you can use them for more stuff. Um, also, weird note, I would like to what, – what's up with our kick return decisions? Why, weird choices there. Duggar returns one. Um, I don't know what's going on back there. We had yeah. Strong. Yeah, I, I thought that was what Marcus Jones's job was going to be, you know, pure and simple coming into this uh, season, you know. He, yeah, he hasn't been back for a return on punt or kick. He's been a great surprise at cornerback, and maybe they're just too excited about him there. You know, a lot of times we don't like to put our top flight dudes back there, but then we put Duggar back there. So I'm just like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know, I don't know what the heck's going on there, man. All right, so it's it's uh, Patriots are getting two and a half, maybe three points, depending on what line you look at. Where, where do you see the game going? What do you think? Like I said, the more the more I dig, the more I really like our our chances this week. I think these are two very strong teams. I think Baltimore is one of the better teams in the AFC this year. Uh, we'll talk about how the AFC West, by the way, what's going on over there, fellas? You guys are supposed to be the premier team in the league, premier uh, conference, excuse me, division in the league. Right now, AFC East is looking pretty damn good. Uh, 
the way we match up, I don't think this game is going to be nearly as explosive as the Baltimore Miami game. Uh, so I expect the Patriots to win the game outright. So obviously, I like the points. I like the money line. Uh, I think the Patriots win this game 27 23. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, this feels like a game Vegas wants everyone to bet the Ravens with that two and a half line. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Patriots at home against Baltimore. Um, Baltimore's weapons aren't that scary. They've had. Uh, They've had kind of good luck offensively. They had the kick return touchdown last week. Um, Lamar has hit a few big over-the-top explosive plays. Patriots keep the ball in front of them. Don't give up those big explosive plays. Uh, I think the Ravens' defense is just ripe to be taken advantage of, and the Patriots find a, find a way to actually score a few more points this week. I'm with you. I think the Patriots are going to win this game 27-20. Um, I, I just I really actually like the matchup, and I like it as kind of a – Okay, the Patriots uh, are actually a real team here to here to be reckoned with. Um, if you don't bring your A game, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to get back to that. You know, you got to bring your A game to beat the Patriots. You know that we had for so many years there. Uh, did we flash our Player of the Week yet? Um, no, we gave Player of the Week to Nelson Aguilar. Um, uh, we flashed his highlights. Uh, yeah, Aguilar ended up with six catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. The big 41 yarder. Um, I mean. I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, absolutely. I voted for Cole Strange, but, uh, you know, you could go either way. Honestly, My opinion is Cole Strange is going to have him some in the future. Uh, we really needed someone to take the top off at at receiver. I like seeing Aguilar finally break out. Um, Cole Strange is, the, is uh, the optimism of the week for me, though. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people say, you know, even one of our other guys in the EMQ family says, yeah, it's a little bit tougher to get clips and, you know, uh, good pictures of Cole Strange as a guard for player of the week and all that. And yet I think we showed his clip, what, six times today? The most, yeah, we, of, we were, uh, most of our highlights were Cole Strange highlights. Mm. Mm. Hey, we show the offensive line in this show. It's the important uh, part of the game. Uh, it's also good. the focal point of whether the Patriots are, are – productive or not right now um, okay. that's not true zach <laughs> shove it go away go, go tell me some weird stuff 49ers fans are coming up with um uh kind of a transition toward the boston sweep here um our, our man vince getting uh inducted into the patriots hall of fame let's take a look at vince look at how slim he looks Vin- good look how good he looks vince is lost Vince has lost a ton of weight. Vince, you, you're putting on the red coat jacket, man. What are you doing wearing lime green under that, though? Come on, dude. You got to have a little. I know. He looks like Christmas critters. It's Christmas, it's Christmas Vince. <laughs> Is Vince one of your favorite uh, modern Patriots? Like, yes. where do you see Vince? Oh, dude, that guy's easy top 10, man. Easy top 10. Might even be top five. That guy is one. That guy was a dude. He's got to be one of Belichick's best draft picks. Um, mm-hmm. When people talk about Belichick, the GM, Belichick got him at what twenty-one in the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a perennial All-Pro player every year of his career. Uh, he really changed the defense. He, he made offenses just totally incapable of yeah. running up the middle. And he's a leader and a good dude. Oh, great guy! And, you know, week in, week out, it seems like a lot of our defensive front uh, uh, focus was predicated around him. He was just such a stalwart of that defense for so long. Uh, just a great guy, great leader, like you said. He was just a fun guy to have. He was one of those guys that really had a personality on the defense. Just he, he, nothing not to like about him. Just a really, really good dude. Yeah, definitely top four like guys you like like as a dude uh, mm-hmm. in, in the modern Patriots dynasty era. Uh, the, the guy you would want to go uh, get beers with. 
Oh, apparently he's not drinking them anymore, though, man. He looks good. Oh, dude, he looks so good. It's great. Uh, direct quote from Vince. He said when he ran into Belichick, um, he uh, caught Belichick in the gym, and Belichick double took and said, holy fuck, you lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that's pretty awesome. That's on brand for Belichick. That's freaking hilarious. All right, I'm going to sandwich um, – the good Boston topics into the the middle here. We're gonna have to talk about the worst one so, ever. Something tells me I know one of the topics um, this week. Here's the crazy. bad one. Uh, <laughs> what the hell is going on in the Celtics organization? Ime Adoka. Um, it sounds like we'll no longer be the coach of the Boston Celtics one way or the other. He's either getting suspended from the for the year, which you can't imagine him coming back after that, or he's resigning. Um, he said he came out today. Of, said he's not resigning. He is some not sort resigning. of consensual sexual relationship with a staff member um what the hell is going on connor i mean you hit the nail on the head earlier when we were, our, our, our emq chat was talking about this man what an irresponsible uh approach or response by the celtics i'll let you take this one super quick are you as a little uh are you as a disgusted as i am the way the celtics kind of handled this um yeah, uh, let me put my like it's not even hard to put on like feminism hat here. Um it's disgusting how they have let this rumor just float and let every female who works for the Boston Celtics organization get brought up with like smears and exposed on the internet like this and everyone's speculating about their lives and marriages and it's just awful. I mean the Celtics organization couldn't have handled this worse. Um there must be more to the story and it's just unbelievable they haven't come out and clarified it so that that's one thing i'm talking about as it stands now and this is a very fluid situation obviously it's very alive you know more things are going to come out so i gotta be i gotta choose my words carefully because something something tells me a lot more is going to come out as it stands right now what it sounds like is that he had a consensual sexual relationship with a staffer under him obviously never a good idea to you know do that with somebody you work with. He's married. He's also in a position of power. So that's another thing. But this isn't something we haven't seen before. And it's not something that's ever warranted or has, has received, if you will, a year suspension or a resignation. Like we, we've seen a lot of this before. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not ideal. It's not something you want to see happen. But there has got to be more to this story if there they're already talking. A year suspension and possibly other things. No speculation here, but he, I, th I don't know. My, 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 my gut tells me he might've tried to cover something up. Maybe might've tried to hide. I, I don't know, but there, I think more is going to come out to this. Story. There has I, to be more to it because if the story is just that story, if it is just, he was in a consensual affair with a, yes. someone else who worked for the Celtics. Um, that is morally reprehensible. Exactly. exactly. The but, morals of and, it aren't there. And, uh, I, I would call him a bad guy. Um, yeah. He, but he's married. Is he I married don't, to Mia Long? I, yeah, but I don't oh, think wow. that in any way warrants a year suspension or losing your job. That would be outrageous. So I don't believe that that is the case. There is more to this. He either was covering something up while doing it, got caught and then lied about it to the organization, mm -hmm. caused um, the, the, the woman involved to, to get into trouble or lose some position or getting there's something more to this or, or it's someone who was involved with someone else. Nor I don't want to even speculate. It's just, yeah, it's one of those problems. The Celtics have allowed for this kind of speculation to be all that's going on in all of the national media today, in all of the local media today is you can just guess and throw shit at the wall and it might be true. 
because yeah. they have not clarified it and they've let this rumor that is so open-ended uh get plastered everywhere interested i did not know that they, they yeah, were not together for like 10 years yeah I'm, I'm just okay yeah no i'm, I'm just saying uh Again, we just talked about how speculation is disgusting, you know, so we don't want to speculate. But if it comes out that he leveraged his power for any reason whatsoever, that's that. That's Yeah, then level. see you, buddy. Yeah. 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 Then it's going to be a real Good point problem. being, though, the Celtics to not get out ahead of this and give a definitive answer with definitive conclusions Weird. is and just allow for rampant speculation is is really like uh, it's it's so insensitive and effed up. And what I've seen on the Internet today is so gross with dragging all these female employees of the Celtics is really like, it's a, it's a disaster. Yeah. And then the fact that they came out pretty early on with a very vague uh, uh, report of what happened, but also a concrete punishment, like immediately they're like, this may something happened. We don't quite know, but he's looking at a year. He's looking at a resignation. We're like, wait, 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 slow down. How about Woj? Backwards. Woj, uh, like don't. creating like banners with pictures of himself to tweet it out, but tweet out the most vague shit ever. Mm -hmm. It's just, NBA media is wild. It's a wild place. But I like, you know, I'm not going to give credit often to Stephen A. Smith, but what Stephen A. Smith said is so true, which is like, if this, if you're not going to give us the full story on this, we shouldn't know this at all. Yep. Like either tell us exactly what happened and what the punishment is and why, or don't tell us anything because it's none of our goddamn business. You know? I, it's funny. I saw that clip as well, and I've, I, it's a bad, it's a tough, it's a tough day when Stephen A. Smith is making sense. So yeah, he was right about that. Wild. Um, crazy, man. All, right, all right. Let's move on to, to a better topic. Um, one of Boston's favorites comes home to retire. Let's give him his, his rousing ovation first. Here. In his 21st season, from Princeton, Slovakia, number 33, Zizbeno That alone, one of the coolest moments ever at the oh. Garden, Chara, when he played with his broken jaw. Chara retires a Bruin, 24 seasons in the NHL, 1,680 hockey games, Stanley Cup champion, Norris Trophy winner. Um, first, your thoughts on Zdeno Chara, then I got a further question for you. I was a little embarrassed, to be honest, because he, you know, I knew he played for us for a long time. I didn't realize he played for us, what, 16, 15 seasons? Yeah, a lot. He started with us in uh, 2006 and then to, the, to 2020. I actually originally thought, oh, okay, cool. He's retiring a Bruin. It could have been Ottawa. Is it just me, man? I, he only played for Ottawa for four years? Yeah, it's just those were, you know, his up and coming. So you had really heard of him. I mean, man. he's such a, such a stud right away. I thought it was um, like comparable right there. I was like, oh, I think he played it for us for a little bit longer than Ottawa. I'm like, wait a minute. Holy crap. He was only there for four. He played for the Islanders before that. I had no idea. Yeah, and he, he won the cup here, which is now forever Oh, well, yeah, ago, yeah. No, Which no, is no. now forever ago, though. He played in three Stanley Cup finals here. Sure did. Um, I mean, Chara is a absolute legend. One of the best true defenseman um, in the history of modern hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, just an absolute machine, a monster. Uh, never want to get in a fight with him. Um, uh, the plus minus king. Uh, a couple of the best years I've ever seen a defenseman play. It never comes off the ice. Um, now, here's my question for you. Um, where does Zdeno Chara rank um, among the, the modern Bruins that, of your lifetime? 
Um, is he on? And then is he on the Bruins Mount Rushmore? The top four. Yeah. First, where does he rank among the modern Bruins? And then where would you put? Would you put him on your Bruins Mount Rushmore? Who would be your Bruins Mount Rushmore? Well, I mean, I mean, any any true? Can we? Can we you know, I got to put this in. Let's let's leave it to our lifetime because everybody knows it'd be like, yeah. You know, that's kind of how I'm I'm asking it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's keep. I mean, Ray Bork. We were pretty young. Uh, you could forget the Cam Neely, the Bobby Orr. Ah, uh, okay. The, the Esposito. You okay. Okay. Let's let's call Cam Neely and Ray Bork like the cutoff because that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, okay. the modern Bruin era. Oh boy. Uh, then yes, he definitely would be on. He would be on the Mount Rushmore of the modern Bruin era. He's up there. Would with he the be tree. what two one? Okay, Mount Rushmore isn't ranked, man. You're okay, I know, me, but dude. rank him. Well, who would you put number one? I, I think you got to put Patrice number Patrice one. Patrice Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Patrice is number one. You, you know what? I think I got to go him. Yeah, I put him number two. I put him ahead of like, uh, what do you think? Tuka Rask belongs up there. Uh, I don't think Tuka makes it. I don't think yeah. Tuka makes it because he didn't win the cup. I think Tim I know Thomas, Thomas did. I know, but I don't think he. Ma- I don't think he makes it because he doesn't have the longevity. I know uh, I, I, exactly. I think if if a goalie's making it, Tim Thomas is the goalie who makes it. Unfortunately, I love Tuka. Yeah, maybe um, the goalie doesn't make it. Then. Um, and that's not showing any disrespect to Tuka. Uh, I, I think if you go modern, the modern history of the Bruins, you mine would go with with Char and Bergeron are are sure thing. Yeah, probably you, you go Brad Marchand. Yeah, um, maybe Krejci. And, and then uh, I think I think I would put Tim Thomas as the Jesus. Player. Really? I, um, I if you extend it. it back further, you might even say Joe Thornton. Yeah, um, I was gonna say Joe Thornton. I feel like was the first dude, man. Like when we were young, so I put Joe Thornton on there for sure. Uh, Tory Krug. Who? What is our, our comment section? What in the world are y'all talking? Is our comment section going off? On yeah, this? Tory Krug. Okay, interesting. Oh, they're they're just screwing with us there. Uh, Maybe Charlie McAvoy is so. gonna work. Charlie McAvoy is gonna work his way on there. Um, Pasternak won't. Everyone, not why. We got to resign. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Chara, when you think of of the Bruins of our life, the know Chara is is maybe the top guy, if not the second guy, uh, with Bergeron. Um, yeah, they don't win, they don't they don't touch those cups, they don't get near those Stanley Cup finals without Sedano Chara. He was the anchor of the whole team. One last thing, though, I feel like it's kind of he kind of the same thing happened to him that happened to a lot of you know legends in any sport. He did hang on a little bit long, uh, you know, that last year with the Bruins, he was slow as molasses. I'm not saying it tarnished or anything because it didn't, but I feel like it's going to take a few years for us to get back to remembering the great stuff because he was a bit of a liability at the end of his career there. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's all right. Okay. That's all right. He was good for a damn long time, man. He played 24 oh, years. The guys 24 are... years in the NHL as a defenseman. Um, well, being like 6'9". Six six yeah. On skates, he was 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, yeah. how, how do you survive? An absolute monster. Played through any injury. Anytime he ever got in a fight, he just beat the absolute tar out of the guy. Um, I just – I absolutely love Zidane Chara, and there's just never been anything but positive things to say about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Connor. Uh, anything else for the show? That was only two Boston sweeps. Yeah, no, I was including the Vince Wilfrick one as part of the Boston sweep. Oh, don't don't shit on me here. Come on. Well, no, no, no. I like that. You made a nice little sandwich. Good, bad, good. Yeah. Uh, so sounds like we're both on the Patriots this week. We're both on the Patriots. I'm, 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 I'm nervous, but I'm excited. This is a real test for the defense, uh, a different kind of test but a real test. 
Um, and I think the offense has given some real more opportunities in this matchup than they've had in the past two weeks. So I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm excited to see what we can do at home. I really think it's going to be a big deal coming home after two games on the road to start the year. Uh, we're going to see how Mac Jones feels playing at Gillette. All right, feed me what else we're 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 pushing here. What are we pushing on the show? Oh, what else are we pushing on this show? We got every morning quarterback. We got EMQ bets, which you guys were live earlier. If you want to take a look at them, uh, what was your what's your uh, record again? It's it's something good. It's um, I am uh, sixteen eight and one on EMQ bets. Let's roll. Yeah. So my advice, if you want to make a little money, follow EMQ bets. Uh, those guys are going off right now. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know social media that well. All YouTube. that shit. Yeah. YouTube. Like, like subscribe. subscribe, retweet, don't, all don't, of it. Comment. Don't put me in, don't put me in uh, charge of this. I all right. Know. I'll do it. Like, subscribe, right. retweet, uh, comment on all that shit. Uh, talk shit to us if you want. Please. Tell us that dumb, right. Troll it. And any interaction is great. Um, what? Friday night, we got Anthony Shell. Friday night flight. He's throwing more mm. parades for the Jets. Um, Saturday, oh, EM, the debut episode of EMQU was on Tuesday. That's our new locker room content for a year. Nick's doing football. a good job with that. It was fantastic. So it's just another addition to the EMQ locker room. This thing is starting to look really darn good. We got everything covered from college to pro to in depth stuff. Uh, we got we got we got everything for y'all. Yeah, and uh, for people really into the betting, um, if you if you're missing out on mine and Zach's. Fire picks on Mondays and Thursdays. Sunday morning, there's a different betting show. They don't do nearly as well. Um, Sunday slate, that's Sunday morning. Um, tune into our main show, though, Saturday, EMQ, and we'll be back next week to break down Patriots-Ravens. Um, hopefully coming back with another W. Uh, Connor, it's been great. Let's go get it. Let's get it.